welcome to the show. I'm Shane Norton, a.k.a. The Sports Card Nobody, and this is episode 30 of the Sports Card Nobody podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have been following me on social media, uh, I really kind of announced this on Twitter more than I did on Instagram, but you know that this episode is about a week delayed because I am coming off getting my butt just kicked by COVID. Uh, unfortunately, COVID made its way through my entire family. It hit me probably the hardest, which I will take over my kids having to deal with what I had to deal with or my wife. But, um, you know, that also comes with a little bit of caveat here that I don't think my voice is quite back to where it should be. So I apologize if this episode is a little more annoying than usual. Hopefully I'm a little more, um, Phoebe who has a sexy sick sound as opposed to a really annoying can't listen to uh congestion and all that stuff but i am going to finally sit down and record i'm doing that now i'm going to keep this short though because i am still a little a little off um i'm recovering well finally there's still a lingering cough still some congestion again you're probably hearing that i don't sound like myself energy issues are still a little bit of a problem but i'm on the mend I'm on the mend. I had a rough couple of days, uh, the two days in particular, where I was at the worst. My fever was at the highest. I spent both nights completely fever dreaming. <laughs> I uh, I couldn't discern reality from dreams. I had no idea what was real, what was you know just in my head. I don't know, hallucinating or whatever the heck was going on. But it was a, it was a tough couple of days. My my wife told me the second morning that she she actually contemplated calling an ambulance after she checked my temperature. But whatever. I'm here. I'm alive. I'm okay. It was just a, a killer, a killer couple of days. It's probably four or five days before I actually get off the couch, but it is what it is. You know, this thing exists. This thing's real in the world. So hopefully you're taking care of yourself and, and doing your part to take care of other people. You know, my family has tried very hard to to do our part we tried to do all the precautions follow everything we're supposed to follow and it got us you know it uh found its way into the the sports car nobody household but what can you do you just uh buckle down do your best to move forward and we're getting better so i apologize that i was i was late i had a couple people reach out wondering where the podcast was um again i had posted it on twitter that i wasn't going to be able to record but i didn't on instagram so people who follow me on instagram probably didn't see it or even know that i was sick until i a recent post where i talked about it excuse me i talked about it uh in relation to a card i just got which i'm actually going to talk about a little bit later in this episode but that's it you know that's what happened to the uh the episode last week i hope that you're still with me i hope that you're excited to get this episode today i'm gonna stop rambling now and try to get into the meat of this again this isn't going to be a long episode so we're just gonna uh, we're gonna fly right into it and i'm excited to kick it off the same way i do every single week and that is with my countdown of the greatest athletes of all time to wear the number of the episode that i'm in And ladies and gentlemen, this is the 30th episode, so we are counting down the top five athletes to ever wear the number 30. Let's just jump right into it. Number five, Dodgers legend Maury Wills, three-time World Series champion. He won the MVP in 1962. He led the league six times in stolen bases and finished with a career 586 
stolen bases, which is good for 20th of all time. And that takes us right into number four, Terrell Davis. Hall of Famer in 2017. He won the Super Bowl twice. Absolute legendary running back that helped the legendary John Elway get over the hump and finish his career, his legendary Broncos career with two Super Bowls just riding off into the sunset as a champ. And it was Terrell Davis who really made that happen. That running game transformed those teams. Uh, So much so that in 1998, Terrell Davis won the MVP. He was a three-time Pro Bowler. And he is number four greatest athletes ever to wear the number 30, according to me. Which brings us to number three, Nolan Ryan. Uh, Sorry, I clear my throat real quick. Nolan Ryan, the MLB strikeout king. He went to the Hall of Fame in 1999, eight-time All-Star. He won the ERA title twice. But yes, like I said, he was the strikeout king. He finished his career with 5,714 career strikeouts, which is first of all time. But more impressively, he finished with almost 1,000 more strikeouts than the number two guy on the list, Randy Johnson. So yes, Nolan Ryan, who changed his number a couple times through his career, still wore the number 30 long enough for me to consider him, and he makes his way to number three on the sports card. Nobody greatest athletes to ever wear that number. And now we're up to number two, and that is Martin Brodeur, 2018 Hall of Famer, legendary goalie, finished with 900, uh, 912 career percentage of saves three times he won the Stanley Cup he was a seven-time all-star five times he took home the Jennings trophy and four times he took home the Vesna trophy Marty Brodeur one of the best goalies ever and the number two athlete to ever wear the number 30 so who in the world could knock him off as the greatest I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of shock here but number one just took home his fourth NBA championship, revolutionized the game, and that is Stephen Curry. One of the Splash Brothers, Golden State Warriors icon, NBA icon. There's just no doubt Steph has transformed the game of basketball. His three-point shooting is on an entirely different level. At this point in his career, he has played 826 games And he is the all-time three-point shooter with 3,117, which is, uh, he just passed Ray Allen this year, who had 2,973. But listen, Ray Allen finished his career with that number at 1,300 games played. Steph has a lot of mileage left to go to make this number just astronomically higher than anybody else who's ever played the game. Tack on the fact that he was a two-time MVP, an eight-time All-Star He just took home his first ever finals MVP. And again, all of those numbers can still be built upon as Steph is still playing at an all-time level today. Stephen Curry, congratulations on top of all of those other stats. You are now known as the greatest athlete to ever wear the number 30 according to the sports guard nobody, me. But of course, as I say every week, This is a sports card podcast, so enough about the sports. Let's talk about Steph Curry's 
card you might want to add to your collection. Of course, with a guy that plays at Curry's level, prices are built in with the all-time stats and the championships and the MVPs and all that kind of stuff. So his rookie card is a little bit harder to swallow if you want to add it to your collection. But let's talk about it. Well, of course, there's a couple options. I am going to go with his 2009 tops because it has such a perfect baby face portrait of Steph, just big and bold right there in the center of that card. Now, if you want to add this to your collection, if you are an NBA fan or you're a Warriors fan or just a GOAT collector, because without question, Curry is a GOAT, you can get this card in a PSA 10 for $9,300 is the current going card ladder value. Of course, PSA 10s are very, very expensive, and maybe that's out of your price range. If you want to come down a bit, you can get a PSA 9, which has a pop of about 1274 and that one's only about $1,650. You know, $1, that's the card ladder value today. That's not too bad. If you are um, willing to go to a BGS 9, that's going to cost you around $1,200. Or you can look at the card raw, which is coming in at under $700. So yes, a Steph Curry rookie card is going to be expensive. NBA is expensive. Obviously, a a guy who's still playing, who's still adding to his accolades and all those sorts of things that we talked about. It's going to be hard to get one of these at a completely affordable price. But listen, he's a GOAT. He's got a lot more to prove still. It's Steph Curry. I think 700 bucks is probably a fair price to get in one of his cards. So that's it. If you want a Steph Curry rookie card, 2009 tops is the card to look at. But let's quickly recap my countdown of the top five athletes to ever wear the number 30. We came in first and foremost with number five with Maury Wills. Next up was number four, Terrell Davis. Then we hit the strikeout king himself at number three, Nolan Ryan, one of the greatest goalies to ever play in the NHL, Marty Brodeur at number two. And of course, the legendary, the icon, Stephen Curry is the champion once more. Congratulations, Steph Curry. I'm sure this is the crowning achievement on your career. Uh, but if you have any thoughts about that, if you have any, you know, opinions or debates about my top five list, please reach out. You can find me at Sports Card Nobody on Instagram or at Sport Card Nobody on Twitter. You can also email me at sportscardnobody at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook. Um, everywhere you can find people that do these sorts of things. Uh, and listen, if you enjoy that, if you enjoy anything I'm doing, if you want to help out the podcast, I would love it. Help is always great. So do your part. That would be amazing. You can do that real easy. Just give me a little review at your podcast hub of choice. Subscribe so that you know when the episodes come out and, of course, always listen. But the thing you can do that helps the most and that means the most to me, share this. Share this with friends. Share this with family. Share this with anybody you think cares about anything I have to say here into this microphone. That is what truly helps the show grow. I've seen so much love coming through the social media channels. I've seen so many people talking about the podcast, and that is what helps this thing become, I don't know, something. <laughs> so thank you so much for those that have done that. But why don't we just move on to the main topic of tonight? I want to talk about this. I was actually meaning to talk about this for a little while now. Uh, it's a huge, huge topic of conversation amongst 
everybody in the hobby. And that is the fact that we are very, very clearly in a down, uh, a down market right now in the sports car world. Prices have gone down across the board. There's been some fluctuations here and there. Um, you know, to be as accurate as possible, I have pulled up the card ladder indexes that are as current as possible here on Monday, July 11th at 8.30 p.m. I'll probably have this up and live in another hour or so. And right now, there's only two markets that are up. Hockey has found its way back up. It's been fluctuating up and down into the negative and in the positive. And currently, it's up at 1.46%. And vintage is up at 0.54%. Other than that, every single market is down. Pre-war down 0.32%. Baseball is down 2.22%. High-end cards are down 5%. Low-ends down over 7%. Football is down 8%. Wrestling is down almost 10%. Ultra-moderns down over 10%. So yeah, listen, the, the, there's no mystery here about what's happened. You know, this is the last month that we've been looking at this. Uh, you know, th- this is the monthly change that we're seeing. The trend is obvious. The trend is clear. Uh, people just aren't spending the money that they might have on sports cards the way they were not too long ago. It's not a shock. I mean, we were at an all-time high. You know, the market absolutely exploded with COVID and with everything that went down. We've talked about it, you know, 2020, 2021, and all that sort of stuff. There's no question that there was nowhere else really to go. You can't have that type of a spike into you know, um, otherworldly records and not expect a downturn at some point. We can talk about the world. We can talk about everything that's going on, inflation, things going on overseas, gas prices, whatever. Whatever it is that's contributing to this, uh, you know, that's for people smarter, you know, than me. Economists out there can probably come up with a lot of reasons, but it's not a shock that people don't want to spend, you know, all of their all of their disposable income on sports cards right now. So the, the market's coming down. But the real question and, and the angle that I come from this at is what does that mean for us? What does that mean for the collectors? What does that mean for investors and, and flippers and, and everybody? Well, for the most part, I mean, if you're trying to flip cards, you're probably in a little bit of a hole right now. If you're an investor, and depending when you started to invest and based on the market trends and everything, you probably started to invest in the last couple of years, Things probably aren't as rosy for you as they were for people who are investing years prior. You know, it's just the way it goes. You know, you shouldn't be investing or trying to flip and those sorts of things if you can't weather these types of storms anyway. This is true with anything you invest in. If you invest in the stock market, there's ups and downs and whatever. If you invest in real estate, there's ups and downs and whatever. It's just the way things go. People can't spend money uh, forever. Sometimes people stop spending money and people decide to sell off their assets and that selling off of assets tends to saturate a market and, you know, markets go down because of it. People take their money and they want to put their money in other things. They want to retire. They want to go on a vacation. They want to pay off bills, whatever it might be. So here we are, you know, this is now the market that we're looking at. Uh, So if you're an investor or flipper, patience is the name of the game. And when things change, Hopefully you have weathered the storm and you can start to come out of the other side and make some money then. But I don't tend to speak as an investor. I don't tend to speak as a flipper. I don't tend to speak to investors and flippers. I speak as a collector and I tend to speak to collectors 
So I assume if you are still listening to this show after 29 episodes, um, you know that by now. You know that I have more of a collector mindset. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for me? Well, here's a little a little story I can tell you about how I see things as they are. As you are well aware, I began collecting pretty aggressively the 2020 WWE Top's Finest uh, collection. Uh, wrestlers that I mean a lot to me or mean a lot to the business or whatever. It's kind of a loose, a loose sort of checklist that I've got for it. I've been trying to find gold or better, the lower the number, the better, whatever. So I've been doing that for some time. Pretty much right when I started to do this is when the WWE slash wrestling market saw its spike. It hadn't spiked quite the same way as the rest of the market had, but sure enough, it did then. Uh, Prism coming out you know, a couple months after really accelerated that spike. Prices were really through the roof. We had WrestleMania that that really had a huge impact that we saw from people being hyped up on Roman Reigns cards. And it started to cost a lot of money to try to buy wrestling cards. It was a little bit of a bummer because I had literally just started to buy right before the spike and it was getting tough to swallow as things were going, you know, higher and higher in cards that I had wanted. But it is what it is. You know, the market swing. What are you going to do? Well, one of the cards I really wanted to get in that collection is some Roman Reigns stuff. Roman Reigns is clearly the most important wrestler of his generation. What he has done is unrivaled in the history of the business, the the streak of being champion, the undisputed champion, the bloodline faction, and that success. All of these things have clearly put him on the map as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I am not the biggest Roman Reigns fan. I don't have any posters of him up on my wall, but I respect what he's done and I respect the career that he's built. So I wanted some Roman Reigns stuff as part of this collection. I had tried to buy a couple and I missed out whether I was getting outbid or I was just being too slow, whatever the case may be. I did ultimately end up with a uh, a black number to 25 uh, base card, I guess, you know, parallel. And I ended up with a number to 99 autograph card, which um, I got them both graded. The black came back as a nine. The uh, 299 autographed green parallel came back as a 1010, which was awesome. Both SGC, but great. But the problem is I still wanted to upgrade these cards. I wanted these cards in lowered numbers than um, 299. And the 225 black is actually really, really rad. That's a pretty low number. Um, but I really want that in gold at some point. It is what it is. But the autograph number to 99 was probably my biggest sort of eyesore when I looked at my collection. It was hard to look at everything with having nothing numbered higher than 50. And here was this all-time great wrestler, currently active in the middle of one of the biggest streaks of all time, graded as a 10-10, but it's numbered to 99 in green. It's the, it's the most... Um, printed card that I have in this collection. I really wanted to upgrade it at some point. Well, I had come across an eBay sale of, of one that was listed, which was a black number to 25 autograph. And I was very thrilled about this. It was a couple months back, uh, but I knew that this card was going to be expensive. Now, in the description of the card, the seller actually pointed out that Roman had clearly signed all of his cards and put this card down too early on top of the previous card he signed where the ink hadn't dried and you could see 
the ink spots on the back of this card. Well, you know, quickly to digress, it appears every single Roman Reigns autograph has that, by the way. He seems to have done that quite a bit. So it's actually not that rare. But nonetheless, uh, it made me a little cautious about what that card might be perceived at um, condition-wise. I had, I had never seen that before until it was listed in the description there. And he had photos. I was very thankful that the person was uh, upfront and transparent. That was fantastic. Nonetheless, I was interested. I watched the bid. I forget what it got up to before I bowed out, but it finished at over 400 I want to say probably close to 450 bucks which is about what I expected. I thought it would be about a $500 card. Um, not sure what the description would do to scare people off or not, but it came in, you know, over 400 pushing 450 something in that area. I was happy that I had bowed out. I was happy that I didn't have to spend that kind of money on that card. Um, but I was bummed. I was bummed that I didn't have it. So now fast forward to a couple months later, I am still constantly watching, trying to find a way to upgrade the cards that I have. Although I have very much slowed down my buying very dramatically as I kind of get ready for the national and plus I'm pretty happy with the state of my collection. Um, so I'm typically watching, but I haven't been in on too many cards after a little flurry of Bret Hart things that pop. Well, sure enough, I get an eBay notification that a new Roman Reigns auto 2020 finest has popped. I go and look and sure enough, it is another number to 25 black auto Roman Reigns card. This one doesn't have anything in in the description about the back of the card, but sure enough, I look at the pictures and you can see that it had the same issue as the previous card anyway. But by now, I had sort of learned that a lot of these cards have them. I have a Seth Rollins. It is what it is. But of course, I I was interested in this card. Here was another opportunity to land a a very low-numbered autograph card of a GOAT. This would just absolutely shine in my collection it would blow the green number to 99 out of the water. So I decided to get in on it. When it was all said and done, I spent something, including taxes and shipping, around 250 bucks. Might have even been less than that. I mean, we're talking 40% less than what the same exact card sold for just a couple months prior. So that long-winded story... So what? What does that mean? Well, what that means is as a collector, as someone that wants to add these things to my collection, this is fantastic. This is such a relief. When I look at Card Ladder and I see that wrestling is down almost 10%, and I know I spent something like 40%, 35% less on a card that I really wanted than it was you know, spent just a few months um, prior, that's amazing. That really gives me hope that I can keep building my collection at prices that I can afford. (laughs) You know, um, it's like a two-for-one deal. That's fantastic for me. I hope that's fantastic for you. I hope you look at these numbers on Card Ladder or wherever you might look and you see all this red. You might look over at Basketball and see down 6%. Well, maybe I can go get that greatest athlete to ever wear number 30 Steph Curry card. Maybe not his rookie card, but another card. Who knows? I don't know. If you're a nobody, you might not be getting his rookie card. But listen, your opportunities here are going to start opening up. You can look at the entertainment the entertainment category and see it's down 7%. You can look at football and see it's down 8%. Listen, football's right around the corner. If you're amped up for your team, if you're amped up for some players, 
you can go get them for cheaper now than you could a month ago. That is such good news if you're a collector. Yeah, if you bought Josh Allen a month ago and you're hoping to flip it right now, that might not be working out for you. I don't know. You know, if you uh, invested in in a Patrick Mahomes card and now it's down 8% or whatever it might be, you know, I'm just looking at the indexes, but you know, sure, that sucks if you're hoping to sell. Hopefully things come around for you when the season starts and, you know, get all that hype. But for those of us that just want to have stuff, and hoard them, and stare at them, and, you know, do whatever, whatever the hell it is we do with our cards, this is good news. So as a collector, as someone who is passionate about the act of collecting sports cards, I am excited. I am excited, and I'm hoping these numbers continue through the National. I will be at the National. I'm hoping I can find some deals on stuff that I know I've wanted for a long time, stuff that I knew was Uh, out of my price range and that I was budgeting for to maybe, you know, stretch a little bit at the national to finally buy. Maybe I won't have to stretch as far as I thought I did. And I hope the same's for you. I hope that you're going to go to the national and we're going to see each other. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk about the deals that we got in this down market. But listen, you know, each their own. Everybody's got their own um, experiences with the things that we do in a hobby this size. But I am excited, and I hope that you're excited, and I hope that there really is uh, some positive things on the horizon for you and your collecting journey. But I, I want to start to close this out. Uh, I just mentioned this, and I want to I want to put it out there here on the podcast. Uh, I will be at the national coming up at the end of July. I'm going to be there for every single day, all what is it, five days? I think I'm there, July, whatever it is, July. Where's the thing up here it ends on like august 2nd i think i get in july 26th or 27th whatever it is i'm gonna be there all five days if you're going let me know i would love to meet up with some people maybe have some folks come on the podcast you know we can talk about our experiences there i will be there with my friend justin suplexes and slap shots on instagram i talk about him a lot He's been building out a fantastic wrestling collection, adding a lot of really cool hockey stuff to his collection as well. We'll both be there together, uh, planning to do some podcasting from the hotel room or somewhere. I don't know. Uh, so if you're there, you know, let's let's link up. Let's say hi. Tell me, you know, that you listen to the show or why you hate the show, whatever it might be. Maybe we can grab dinner some night, grab some drinks, and uh, and we can, you know, sit down and record and just talk about what it's like to go to the National. I've never been before. I have never been to a show this size. I am so thrilled to be overwhelmed. I'm thrilled to uh, to throw around some money, you know, and, um, you know, probably spend all my money day one and do nothing but walk around <laughs> the rest of the time uh, because I've spent my budget. But whatever's going to happen, I'm pumped for it, and I would love to see you there. So reach out to me again. I'm on Instagram at Sports Card Nobody. I'm on Twitter at Sport Card Nobody. Reach out, say hello. Um, tell me you're going to be there, and let's see if we can find a time to say hello in person. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got tonight, though. I'm going to go rest up. I'm going to try to get this voice back to normal for next week. Um, I don't know if I've got any guests coming on anytime soon. I uh, kind of fell off on trying to get people on here because of the sickness, but nonetheless, uh, there's stuff I want to talk about next week. You know, I want to talk some baseball. The All-Star Game's coming up. It'd be really fun to, to touch on that a little bit. But like I said, that's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sort of just uh, stalling here. 
Thank you so much for listening. As always, I really appreciate the love. I appreciate the camaraderie. I love this hobby. I love having folks that actually listen to this show every week. So thank you for your patience and the fact that I was late. And thank you for your patience as I try to get back to 100%. Have a good night.